Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, August 14th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got what to watch on Capitol Hill this week. Number two, Jack Lew is the top contender to be the next ambassador to Israel. And number three, where members are shaking the money tree this week. All right, let's get into it. Of course, uh, Congress remains in congressional recess. And the biggest political story this week will be a potential indictment of former President Donald Trump in Georgia. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis will present more evidence to the grand jury and could seek charges for up to a dozen people over efforts to overturn the 2020 election, CNN reported. We'll also see President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and other top administration officials fan out across the country for events celebrating the anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, a signature Biden legislative achievement. But on Capitol Hill, there is plenty of news to watch, and let's get into it. Number one, funding. House Republicans have a conference call tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time to discuss the fiscal year 2024 government funding, clearly the thorniest issue they'll face this fall. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is hosting his annual retreat in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this week, where many of them will be gathering together with donors. But remember, government funding expires September 30th. And House Republicans are deeply divided on spending, as evidenced by their failure to pass the Agriculture Appropes Bill before the recess. So let's lay out a few dynamics here that we're going to focus on during this call. And we'll have more in the Tuesday AM edition as well, as well as on this podcast. Number one, the supplemental. The Biden administration has requested $24 billion for Ukraine out of a $40 billion package overall. This will be a very difficult lift for McCarthy, especially since the White House didn't consult anyone in the House Republican leadership before announcing the package. There's growing opposition among rank-and-file GOP lawmakers to funnel more money to the Ukraine war. One idea that's been bouncing around House Republican leadership circles is seeking spending cuts to offset any increase in spending from the supplemental, which is deemed an emergency and doesn't count toward annual budget caps. This will be an incredibly tough play, and we can see it becoming another flashpoint between the House, Senate, and White House. There's a lot of concern among House Republicans that the Senate will try to use the supplemental to further boost Pentagon spending beyond the $886 billion limit outlined in the debt ceiling agreement between McCarthy and Biden. We expect to hear McCarthy reiterate his opposition to any spending that exceeds that cap. House GOP leaders may press for more border security funding. That could be one possible trade-off in return for new Ukraine funding. All right, number two, FEMA. The White House has proposed $12 billion in disaster funding for FEMA as part of the supplemental package. The horrific wildfires in Maui have killed more than 90 people and caused potentially billions of dollars in damage that will likely take years to repair. Catastrophic weather-related events have also hit New York, Tennessee, and Mississippi and a host of other states this year, on top of a series of climate-related disasters last year. So sadly, we're wondering if $12 billion will be enough. Number three, Jack Smith's funding. Some Trump supporters have called for zeroing out funding for special counsel Jack Smith's investigations into the former president or cutting off his salary. This is on top of a $2 billion cut to the Justice Department proposed by House Republicans in their version of the fiscal year 2024 Commerce Justice Science Funding Bill. Now, of course, 
None of that will happen. The Senate and White House would never agree to it. But Trump supporters will press for some action against Smith and the Justice Department. Number four, the House Freedom Caucus. These hardline conservatives have been plotting their approach strategy throughout the recess, as we reported last week. HFC members will press McCarthy to keep his promise to abide by the fiscal year 2022 funding level for approach bills, which would lead to a $100 billion plus cut to federal agencies, especially those dealing with social services. Also of interest, the House Judiciary Committee expects U.S. Attorney for Delaware, David Weiss, to come in for both a transcribed interview and public testimony in the coming weeks, although we wonder if that will happen now that he's been formally designated as a special counsel in the Hunter Biden case. We're going to be keeping our ears open for more details on this. Attorney General Merrick Garland's September 20th appearance before the panel should be interesting. If Weiss doesn't testify now, after DOJ offered possible dates for his appearance, would House Republicans use that to seek Garland's impeachment? All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Really interesting reporting out of Axios and the Israeli outlet Walla and that President Joe Biden is considering nominating Jack Lew to serve as U.S. ambassador to Israel. This would put a contentious confirmation battle on the Senate's already busy schedule for the fall while also prompting a broader debate over the Biden administration's policy towards Israel and Iran. The report in Walla says the former Treasury Secretary and White House Chief of Staff is the quote-unquote leading candidate to replace Tom Nides as the U.S. envoy to Jerusalem. The White House is already vetting Lou, the only candidate getting the treatment, in advance of sending his candidacy to the Senate Foreign Relations Committee in the next few weeks. The White House didn't have any comment. Lou would be a natural choice for the post. A couple of reasons here. He's Jewish and has worked closely with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in the past. In addition to his stints at Treasury and in the White House, Lou twice served as OMB director under former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Lou was also number three at the State Department under former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. So he's easily qualified for the Jerusalem posting. But there are a few dynamics to keep in mind when thinking about whether Lou or anyone, frankly, can be confirmed for this job by the Senate. The White House and Democrats will argue that the United States needs an ambassador in Jerusalem because Israel is one of America's closest allies in the world and a hotspot for diplomacy. Furthermore, the United States is heavily involved with trying to cut a deal to normalize relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. But Lou's nomination would face some roadblocks despite his credentials. The Senate is going to be consumed, as we talked about above, with the fiscal year 2024 probes bills and averting a government shutdown in September and perhaps beyond. There's also other must-pass legislation that'll need floor time. It's extraordinarily unlikely that this nomination would be fast-tracked, regardless of who it is, so floor time will be necessary. Plus, any nomination to represent the United States in Israel becomes a proxy fight over the Iran nuclear deal, which was cut when Lou was Treasury Secretary. He was involved in both crafting and enforcing the diplomatic agreement, although he wasn't a lead player. That could give Republicans a reason to oppose Lou both in committee and on the floor. One person close to the confirmation process said Lou's involvement in the JCPOA would almost certainly be an issue, noting that Senator Bob Menendez, the Democrat from New Jersey, and the Foreign Relations Committee's chair also opposed the 2015 nuclear pact. Menendez likely won't stand in the way of Lou's nomination, however. Last month, 
Menendez noted to us that the Biden administration was having problems with nominations at large and will have to decide what to use capital on. Menendez was referring to the handful of Republicans who have been blocking nominees across all sectors of the executive branch. So Lou will likely be confirmed if nominated, but he'll definitely get banged up a bit in the process. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning, the money game. It's a big week for fundraisers. Duh, it's August. And we have some news here. A number of prominent Republicans are hosting a fundraiser for Kellen Curry, one of the primary challengers to scandal-ridden Representative George Santos, the Republican from New York in D.C. next month. They include former HHS Secretary Tom Price, who resigned due to scandals of his own, He is headlining the fundraiser. Former GOP reps Lamar Smith of Texas, Philip English of Pennsylvania, and John Shimkus of Illinois are also on the host committee. In addition, Kevin McCarthy is going to be hosting his annual trip to Jackson Hole, Wyoming this week. We've also got House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries hosting the big DCCC donor trip in San Diego at the end of the week. Representative Mike Quigley, the Democrat from Illinois, is hosting a pack trip to Wrigley Field for the Cubs versus the White Sox, which will set you back a cool $2,500 for a pack or $1,000 for an individual. And Representative Jim Clyburn, the Democrat from South Carolina, he's going to Martha's Vineyard. You can join him for anywhere from $250 to $2,000. Representative Joyce Beatty, the Democrat from Ohio, the former chair of the CBC, has a trip on the vineyard beginning August 18th as well. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about it. You can also sign up to go a little deeper on everything we talked about and more by going to punchbowl.news and just putting in your email address. You'll get our Punchbowl News AM email every morning in your inbox between 5 and 6 a.m. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Have a great day and stay safe.